Hello and welcome to Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about Dune and Halloween Kills. Two movies, uh, it's very different movies, but two movies that just came out recently. I was looking forward to both of these. And uh, let's start off with Dune. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? Dune. Paul Atreides, uh, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict over this planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest greatest potential only those that can conquer their fear will survive i've never read the dune book i've never seen the old dune movie uh, i went into this excited from two standpoints one the trailers looked pretty cool i mean it's it's big grand sci-fi kind of stuff going on and it's denny villeneuve the the director of blade runner 2049 the director of prisoners and and enemy and a bunch of movies that are really high quality so i went into dune expecting big things i went into dune expecting some cool piece of of science fiction storytelling uh, in, in like somewhat in the vein of, of something like a, a Blade Runner 2049 not that thematically as far as like the the whole kind of futuristic elements and all that kind of stuff not that kind of stuff but you know what I mean just that kind of uh, high level high thinking thought provoking kind of sci-fi storytelling and it, it, it doesn't quite reach that for me uh, ultimately this movie, I th th it has a lot of things going for it. So I mean, let's let's hit all these these good things here right off the bat. I mean, bat. I mean, this this has an amazing cast. The cast in this is just absolutely insane. It's led by uh, Timothy uh, Kalmat. He's been in a few things. He's not one of the the main ones that I really know. I mean, there's Oscar Isaac. Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem. There's there's so many actors. Dave Bautista in here. There's so many actors in here that I like a lot. Some of whom uh, are great. Some of whom are, have a significant role. And then other actors have absolute nothing roles. Like major actors with absolute nothing roles. I assume they will go on to have a bigger role in the sequel or something, because they, they've already, you know, they, they're, like, planning this to be a, a franchise, I guess, um, so maybe, maybe that's the point of that, again, I haven't read the books or seen the old movie, I don't know what these characters do or where these characters may go in the future or anything like that, but there are multiple big actors, I won't say who they are just for... Just, just to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, which ones, but multiple uh, major actors just just aren't really there enough to, to 
mean much of anything, you know. Uh, <laughs> they're just there, and, and I mean they're good, but they're just they're just kind of there. Uh, Jason Momoa, though, Jason Momoa in particular, in a movie full of extremely serious, like like kind of dour and, and stoic kind of characters, Jason Momoa brings life to this movie. He brings energy and kind of joy to this movie in a movie that is so kind of kind of low-key and understated in performances, I think, to a certain extent. Great performances, but a little bit more low-key performances for the most part. And Jason Momoa comes in there, he's smiling, he's happy, and he makes me happy while watching this guy, because this guy is very fun, very entertaining to watch. And his his dynamic with the lead character, I think, is, is really fun. Honestly, probably the best part of this movie. Uh, this movie is beautiful. It is so, so beautiful. Everything from the the visual effects like the the all the science fiction stuff going on the big spaceships the grand spectacle of all that the cinematography is beautiful and huge and majestic and just so so cool so pretty uh, an amazing amazing movie to look at very much like some of his previous movies like uh Blade Runner 2049 just a, a beautiful movie to look at and this movie, this movie's an epic. He's, he's trying to make an epic science fiction movie. And in so many areas, he succeeds. And, and just in the story being this big, grand thing. And in, in even, you know, the cinematography and all that kind of stuff being big and grand and beautiful and stuff. So he, I think he's achieving it being an epic. But one of my big problems with this movie... Okay, I have, I have multiple problems with this movie. A big one for me is the fact that it is it's trying to be this epic, and it goes so big. There's so much going on. There's so many different, like, political intrigue and all this kind of different stuff going on that trying to kind of connect and follow some of these characters through this movie, the it, it loses the focus of the characters, in my opinion. It has this view of this grand epic story that it's telling, and it loses the, the focus of the characters to, to the point where, ultimately, I don't care about most of the characters in this movie uh, at all, basically. Uh, there's, there's, like, major characters that will die off in this movie, and I'm just kind of going... Uh, okay, you know, it's like, I, I don't really care, you know, it's like, it's like, I, I think I'm, I'm supposed to care, I'm definitely supposed to care, but watching it, I'm just kind of going, eh, it's just, it, it, I guess it feels so big and so grand that it's just, it's, it's losing the characters and the small intimate character development that would really make me care when these characters are in peril and in danger and, Ultimately, for me in this movie, I don't really care when these characters are in peril and in danger because they're just they're just one tiny, tiny piece of this movie that is trying to be one really, really big thing, you know? And so, I guess, yeah, it's trying to be so big that it forgets to do some of the little things that would make the whole big thing work really well for me, and that's the, the character development and stuff. The story is interesting enough, but honestly, like, 
I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. It's intriguing. There, you know, I I was constantly curious as to what was going to happen next. But to me, it, the the story wasn't driving enough that I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Oh, this is so cool. Like, what's going to happen next? You know, that kind of. It's like I'm interested and I'm intrigued in the story, but it's not. Ultimately, it's not the thing that's driving me through watching this movie. And then comes the ending. Now, I I'm going to talk about the ending. I'm going to try to be as spoiler-free as possible. I guess uh, if you want to avoid any discussion of the ending at all, maybe skip. But uh, but I I'm going to talk about the ending in as spoiler-free as possible here because the ending is just it's it's so disappointing to me it's kind of building up it's moving forward where we're discovering new things the character is uh doing things all right i'm, I'm not without spoiling anything you know it's so it's, it's building up building up building up but this is this is part one of at least two maybe three uh it's it's part one of the dune story and they're gonna continue the dune story in dune 2 i guess and the <sighs> And it, it, the movie's just, the story's going along, and then it just stops. And there is no, there's no satisfying conclusion to this movie whatsoever. The, the, there's no satisfying conclusion to the story, or even like a part of the story that would make it satisfying to a certain extent or something. You know, it's, this, this feels like a two-part movie, but instead of kind of rounding out that first one where the first movie is still kind of satisfying by itself. It's like a two-part movie where they just, they just chopped it in half and it just stops and it deflates any excitement and interest I had watching this movie because I'm like, oh, okay, you know, interesting enough. I was there enough and I was engaged enough, but then it's like, oh, I can tell it's it's about to cut to black here, isn't it? And uh, and I wasn't the only person in the theater feeling this way because somebody sitting right in front of me, <laughs> right before it turned to black, I guess he could feel it too. He was like, ah, this sucks. And then it cuts to black, credits, and that's basically the same thing that I was thinking too. I'm like, ah, this sucks, man. This, it just, it was intriguing enough if it ended in a way that had a semi-satisfying ending for this movie, not even concluding the entire story or anything, but a, a satisfying enough ending for this movie, then then I, I, I would have liked it more than I did, but right now it just, it kind of, it deflates any amount of excitement or, or the any amount that I, I kind of liked the movie before that. It just, it just, the story is going and then it just kind of stops and I'm just kind of going, ugh. Bummer. Like, it's like, uh, it, it, it honestly, it's, it kind of stinks. The ending of this movie, it is extremely disappointing. And, uh, ultimately, to me, the, uh, the movie's fine. The, it, again, it's, it's very beautiful. It, it's, uh, it, the, some of the grand spectacle kind of stuff, some of the science fiction stuff in there is interesting. Uh, I didn't talk about it earlier, but there's some very cool action sequences in this movie. One in particular that I'm thinking of, uh, out in the sand dune area, uh, just a very, a very kind of cool, intense, uh, action sequence, but <sighs> overall, other than some of the, the, I don't know, I guess some of the more surface layer stuff, no, nothing, nothing t deeper worked for me too much. Ultimately, I guess, because I didn't really care about the characters. And so because of a lack of character development, because of a lack of 
any kind of satisfaction with the narrative. Uh, it just it just leaves me disappointed ultimately. My grandmother was right. The boogeyman was real. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is alive. <laughs> Halloween kills. The nightmare isn't over as unstoppable killer Michael Myers escapes from Laurie Strode's trap to continue his ritual bloodbath. Uh, injured and taken to the hospital, Laurie fights through the pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield, Illinois to rise up against Michael Myers. Taking matters into their own hands, the Strode women and other survivors form a vigilante mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. I really like the original Halloween movie, and I really enjoyed that latest Halloween movie. All uh, uh, 2018, I believe it came out, Halloween. Uh, just a se direct sequel to that very first one, stripping out all that kind of unnecessary garbage of uh, all the, the sequels and all the, the kind of baggage and stuff that the, all those sequels uh, brought to that franchise and, and streamlining it, making it more simple, more straightforward, and just more of what that, that original one was, which is just kind of this, this, again, just kind of simple, straightforward horror slasher kind of movie, very intense, edgy your seat kind of thing. Now, this one, it's the sequel. It's got to be bigger and grander and stuff, right? Well, apparently that's what they thought. I, I don't really necessarily think that a, any Halloween movie really needs to be that big. I, I think this kind of franchise uh, should thrive on its smallness and its kind of closeness, I think. Uh, but... This one, they're trying to make it a little bit bigger. They're trying to make it a little bit badder, you know. And so what we got here is like a, a, a mob going down to take on Michael Myers, which is interesting. I, I mean, Michael Myers in this is still creepy and intense and and his mask is kind of burnt now, which is is <laughs> adds another uh, layer, adds another visual to uh, Michael Myers' blank kind of face. The Strodes are back. Uh, Laurie Strode actually, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character doesn't get as much to do in this movie as she did in the, the previous movie. I mean, she was like pretty much the main character of the previous movie. I guess her... Her granddaughter was, her granddaughter and daughter was more the main characters, all three of them. Uh, but they are actually more the focus in this movie than Jamie Lee Curtis is the focus in this movie. Ultimately, all three of them are back, and I enjoy them. I, I enjoyed them in the the first movie, and I think they're pretty good again here. Is uh, this movie is it's it's, a, it's it's less scary than the last one. It's less intense. Uh, it's so. The Halloween movies, as they went along, they they started off very intense. The first couple ones are are the intense, edgier seat, and they're really trying to make it intense. And then as they went along, they got a little bit more goofy, a little bit more silly, a, a little bit less believable, more and more as you go along until 
I don't know, is it the third one or something? One of them, they just shoot Michael in the head. He falls down, supposedly dead, and then he just gets back up and he's alive again. Supernatural now. Michael is no longer human. They cut all that junk out. But but they're kind of starting to return to it with this one. <laughs> Unfortunately, in my opinion. I, Because, see, I, I like kind of the simplicity of Michael Myers. Michael Myers, he's just, he's some psychotic killer, but he's really, he's just the pure representation of the ultimate evil. Uh, he doesn't have to be supernatural. He doesn't have to be some bigger bean or anything. We understand that he's the boogeyman, but he can still be human. You know, the amount of damage that he takes and kind of walks away with in the first Halloween movie and in the 2018 Halloween movie is believable. It's a lot of damage, but there are people that can get hit that much or that can get shot or whatever and, and get up and keep moving. That happens in real life. So it's like, I can believe that the the amount of, of damage and the amount that people can take is, you know, I, I, like I could still believe that he's human. You know, he, he doesn't have to be this supernatural thing. In this movie, they definitely, they definitely push that very far to the point that he, he's really, he's no longer human anymore. He's, he's back to being kind of this, this supernatural monster, both in the, how much damage that he takes, but also just in certain other things that he does, you know, it's like, uh, he doesn't really teleport all that much in the original movie or in the 2018 one, but in this one, he's back to being like Jason, you know, where he can be like standing there and then suddenly he's, you know, further away than he should be or something, you know, just kind of teleporting around like slasher movie characters do. I, I wish they cut that garbage out. Like that's, I don't, I don't want that garbage in my, in my slasher movies, you know, like, I mean, Jason, it, it can work in some movies, I guess, but in the Halloween movies, the best ones don't rely on any of that kind of stuff. They, they, the best ones is the first one and the 2018 one. And they, they just, they keep it simple and they keep it as he's human, but he is this kind of ultimate representation of evil. You know, he's the boogeyman and those are the most effective. This one, once again, they're kind of, they're, they're pushing that line. It's the return to kind of the cheesy, goofy kind of Halloween, you know? And, and in my opinion, that's that's kind of disappointing. Now, I did enjoy this movie. I do think this is one of the better Halloween movies, ultimately. Uh, the, the whole mob thing is interesting. It's different. You know, you got uh, groups of people that are kind of going out and searching for him uh, because now they know that he's here. They know that he's back. Unlike the first movie or unlike the 2018 one, they're, they're much more confident that he's there, he's out there, and he, we got to go get him and all this kind of stuff. So... Fun, very entertaining, very cool. Uh, I, I like that aspect of it. I like some of the new characters in here, particularly Anthony Michael Hall, who is actually the actor, I guess, that was the, the kid that Laurie Strode was babysitting in the, that original movie. Like, apparently that's the same actor, and now he's back to play that grown-up version of that same character in this movie. He's the best character in this movie. I really enjoyed his character. He's like the only... <laughs> masculine manly character in this movie because even the other manly there's like a gay couple neither of them are masculine obviously they're gay even like the cop and stuff in this movie is 
just <laughs> is not that manly. Uh, it, like, like you got this this kind of mob that's kind of going to go do whatever they're going to do, and he's against them, but he's just kind of like, ah, whatever, I, guess. I, I don't feel like I can... Uh, stand up to them even though i'm the the sheriff or whatever it's just kind of like come on dude like do your job i don't know man (laughs) some of the characters i liked some of the characters i i didn't like as i said there's there's the the gay agenda in here there's this is definitely a woke movie Rewatching the 2018 one and then this one i I notice it more than ever how kind of woke these two movies are You, you know you have like the homosexual characters in here you have uh they they in in some different subtle ways i i should make something more specifically about some of the scenes and stuff like i'm thinking about making like a youtube video where i, I point some of these things out check me out on youtube i'm on youtube and uh, rumble if you like you know free speech and stuff uh <laughs> check me out on youtube or rumble helix reviews on there uh I, I may talk more about halloween there uh but they they definitely have some very woke messages some ideas that they just kind of subtly slip into uh, these most recent movies of, you know, men should be more feminine and women should be more masculine kind of thing. You know, they're, they're slipping those ideas in here for sure, uh, which is is unfortunate. Though, I guess, to be expected because that is the uh, Hollywood agenda, right? Uh, this movie is way gorier. This is... This is Honestly, I think this is by far and away the goriest Halloween movie to date. They they took the the action and the the violence up a level, and it's it's kind of extreme. It's it's honestly it's kind of excessive at points where it's like, dude, did you really need to go that far? To the gore hounds or whatever, you know, the people that watch these movies for that stuff. I guess we'll like that. These movies are supposed to be bloody these movies are supposed to be violent but it's i I don't know they they're they're definitely pushing that in this movie uh quite a bit also there's there's a couple sequences in this movie that just are very random very weird i'm not sure why they're in this movie they just stuck out as things that didn't really fit in this movie uh and i i found very strange i think i'll maybe I'll, I'll talk about that in a spoiler section afterwards because there's a one sequence in particular that's just very strange overall i did enjoy this movie i know i'm talking kind of bad about it but i did enjoy this movie you know I, I think it's it's fun it's an entertaining sequel to that last one uh you know you got some decent characters here and there you got some characters you like and don't like there you got some characters that you are uh fine with dying <laughs> because you don't really like them but you also got some characters that you're rooting for and that you're 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 following along you know so it's like it's it's a step back as compared to the original and it's a step back as compared to the the 2018 one but this is still one of the better halloween movies overall I would say, and I enjoyed it. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. I left the door! I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victim, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. Spoiler warning for Halloween Kills. If you haven't seen it, or if you you don't care about spoilers, uh, do whatever you're going to do at your own discretion, and I'm going to talk about spoilers here. Okay, you've been warned. So, the, the specifically the point that I'm talking about is about midway through the movie, uh, there is, it's a different character, it's a different guy that got, that, that like came off of the bus that, that crashed in the 2018 movie, and uh, 
he came off, he's, so he's another one of the mentally handicapped, uh, criminally insane people, and the, the mob, like, somehow thinks that he's the bad guy, and so they're all inside the hospital, chasing this guy down like a maniac, and it's the, this whole mob mentality kind of thing, you know, where everybody, you know, one person says, it's him, and then everybody's like, oh, it's him, and just all charging, and it's, and I don't know, it's just such a weird sequence that came out of nowhere, and it doesn't, it doesn't really fit in this movie, and I'm just, I'm wondering, like, like, it seems like that's like like them trying to push some kind of message or some kind of agenda, and I'm just not really sure what the connection is. <laughs> it's like, is this supposed to be a a commentary on on something? If it is, I don't think it was a very good one because it just it just seems so random and bizarre and so out of place in the the this story that I'm just going, why is this even here? And it's, it was just a very weird thing. Like, suddenly, the whole hospital of most of the characters that you don't even know are just all like, ah, yeah, kill, kill, kill. And then he, like, jumps out the window in fear and stuff. <laughs> just very weird. Very weird. I, I don't really... I, I would be curious to hear what what the explanation for that is or like what because it feels like again it feels like it's supposed to be some kind of commentary on some kind of modern day thing that's going on uh but what what is that i'm not entirely sure i have a feeling that they would explain it and i would be like oh well that's a terrible message uh because these these movie again these movies are very woke and, and not very uh, good message-wise, ultimately, I would say. But I would be curious to hear the, the director or writer's uh, perspective on that sequence because I, I just found it so strange and weird and, and out of place. All right, since I'm, t I'm talking spoilers already, uh, at the end of the movie, the... the they, like, lure him out into the street, and then the mob attacks him. Pretty cool. Like, a, a cool sequence, a good plan to get him, I guess. They beat the tar out of him. She gets a knife and sticks it into his spine in the back of his neck, or, like, right below the back of his neck, maybe somewhere in there, but basically right in his spine. He would be dead or paralyzed at the very least, right? And so he's laying there, and you're going, oh, okay. And I'm going, oh, okay. So are we... we we, even more so now we're going to be returning to the supernatural thing, right? Because earlier, you know, he was like walking up on that kid and then he disappears and the police show up. Stupid. Uh, you know, so it's like, okay, then he gets up and he just, he fights off this entire mob of people. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, he, so he just, he just pops up and just starts stabbing everybody. And they just all kind of stand there and take it for some reason. <laughs> They're just like, oh, now he's fighting back. I just, I guess I'm just going to stand here. Stab me in the chest now. <laughs> okay, good job. Uh, <laughs> just very weird. Very weird. Uh, but, but once again, bringing it back to the supernatural, right? Like they're bringing it now. He is, he's no longer the, the person he's no longer just Michael Myers. He is this supernatural unkillable entity again, which is, is ultimately kind of a bummer. And it makes me wonder what, what does this mean for Halloween ends? The next movie is Halloween ends. How, how are we going to end it? Is it just, is it just Laurie Strode is going to die and that's just going to be the end? You know, because if, if he can't die, are we going to figure out a way to kill him? In which case, we got to figure out some, like, supernatural method of enchantment or something? Like, wh what does this mean? What does this mean? 
I wish he was just a human. I, that could just get take a lot of damage, you know, get beat up a lot and then keep going. You know, like I just it's kind of a bummer. It's it's, it's ultimately this movie. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I liked it better than Dune, you know. <laughs> it's not shooting for as much as Dune. Dune's trying to be this big grand thing. And, and Halloween Kills is just trying to be a cool Halloween movie, you know. And it does. It is that. And it's enjoyable. And it's fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I would watch this one again. Would I watch Dune again? Mm, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if... Uh, if, if, if whenever I watch the sequel, if they come out with the sequel, if it's if it is actually released, uh, I maybe I'll go back and watch the first one to, to watch the second one. But I don't know. The further away I get from Dune, honestly, kind of the less I care because that ending is just so it just deflates. It's just so deflating to the movie as a whole. It's just like you know the amount that I, I cared about the movie just. <laughs> It's all gone. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you think? Did you like Dune? Did you like Halloween Kills? Let me know. Heal Trivies Podcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome back to Helix Reviews What If. Today we're on episode number 6, What If Killamonger Rescued Tony Stark. And remember, there's going to be some spoilers for this episode in this review. You have been warned. Josiah, what'd you think of this episode? Wow, that one was fun. This one is my favorite so far. I think, I think they could have taken that one and made a full-length movie out of that. Just the way... Um, they had it from Killmonger's perspective and, you know, you kind of had him, you know, getting friendly with this guy and double crossing him just so he can double cross this guy, which was a bigger set set up to double cross this guy, you know? Yeah. So he was just, he was clever and he had his, he had his plans and he had, he had the personality that would, uh, you know, get people to like him, like in the movie, like in the Black Panther movie and, um... You know, but then he was really only looking out for himself and like, just like the movie. So they, they really kept his personality right from the movie and, um, just kind of played it different though. Instead of the movie was from Black Panther's perspective, this was from Killmonger's perspective. I just think they did a really good job of that. And yeah, I I think they did a great job at, at, at really mixing the elements that were already in the MCU, like the way he came into Wakanda, you know, by by killing Claw and all that kind of stuff. You know, like like taking these elements that he did do, but then playing them, like, but but then I guess you you see it from his perspective. You see the all the master plan that he's working on, and you see him using some of the tactics that he used there, kind of for a different thing there, using them here. Really well done. Yeah, this, I, I agree, this is probably my favorite episode so far. Uh, very, probably a more serious episode than a, than a lot of the episodes, and it's, but just really well done. The, the, the story, the, the, like I said, the double crosses and stuff, figuring out, you know, oh, you know, he's, he's working for Tony Stark for a while, but that's only the first step, and then, you know, he's, he's doing this, and that's only that step, you know, until he's the king of Wakanda, ultimately, 
Um, and, and I mean, I was wondering, you know, oh, are they going to do something after that? Or, you know, are they going to, you know, uh, go, you know, start to take over the world kind of like what he was kind of trying to do in the Black Panther movie, you know, but they didn't expressly say that. Um, but now he's the head of Wakanda. Also, he didn't kill his, what is it, his uncle? I was expecting him to kill his uncle because that's who killed his dad. Does he, does he just not know that yet? Maybe not. I don't know. They didn't really touch on that hair. Yeah. Because in the movie, yeah, that's that's revealed. But then, it's just, so yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting him to, like, kill the uncle and then be the king, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. they they didn't go down that. But, yeah, I agree, man. This, it's just, it's so well done. This, this really, what this did is it really shows you why he's such a great villain. Mm-hmm. Because he's got, he's got that personality he's got that charm he's got that wit he's very intelligent and clever and but then you know but then he can you know he can manipulate everybody and end up on top as this big powerful person that you know he can do whatever he wants to kind of thing okay that's our thoughts on episode six a great episode and next time is episode seven what if thor were an only child for as for now this is david and Josiah, in the Heatless Reviews podcast, signing out. Bye-bye, guys.